The boys are back. Back again. Shady's back. Oh, I meant Cleveland. Uh, because he puts his damn Dallas cap, for those of you. Um, none of you can see us right now because we are doing an audio podcast. But he has the Cowboys back up, which means they're in for another big disappointment. I just noticed that. Garbage. But before any of that, we went to SummerSlam. We were in Detroit, Michigan from Friday to Monday, we did everything. I mean, we went to two of their newer casinos. We went to Comerica Park, where the Tigers play. We went to Ford Field, where the Lions play, obviously, for the slam. Checked out the bars around downtown. I mean, Cleve, we pretty much did it all. It was a fantastic vacation. I couldn't think of really anything better than how we planned it out. Um, even the things we didn't plan turned out great. Are you recovered yet? And, uh, you know, still on that Detroit high. Man, it's just it's just one of those, you know, when the trip starts and you're all excited, then it just goes so fast. But like Joe said, man, what a great time with the boys. Um, going to see the Tigers, even though they lost trash. Um, SummerSlam was great. Food was great. The Detroit people was great. Well, the people, not the crowd, was great. And um, even our hotel, we met a lot of OGs on this trip. It was, it was definitely a trip. It was definitely a great trip. Can't wait for the next one with the boys. Yeah, we even had a good hotel suite. Um, it's called the Henry Ford Suite, so that was pretty cool. Um, we Tampa Tones, who can't join us tonight, he's announcing baseball. But then, and our buddy Emad, the Fantastic Four, killed it down there. Um, we left it all on the table. I mean, we had a couple nights where I'm like, damn. We go into bed when the wee hours of this thing. But, hey, that's what you got to do. You got to live it up, um, especially when you can. You never know when things can happen. So, God willing, let's keep this roll. Um, going to SummerSlam, though, Cleve, I, you know, I want us to give a letter grade, our best moment, our worst moment, and then our wow moment, whether that was a good wow or a bad wow. It could be either way. I'm, I'm going to get the negatives out of the way first. I'm going with my worst moment was easily. Uh, there was two. One was waiting in line to get in the damn place. But the, inside the stadium, easily the worst one was Shayna versus Ronda. Uh, it was a garbage match. It was a snoozer. Uh, we even, I think uh, even Cleveland Tones were actually gone for part of it. Uh, didn't miss anything because I was just giving it to them. The fans around me. No big deal. We're loving my commentary. I was like, put my ass in there. Put This is just trash. It was just, uh, it was what I expected to be quite frank. Uh, if you, you know, you could do MMA rules, but when you don't have a cage and uh, you can't do real MMA, it doesn't work for me. Um, I like if any positive comes out of that, they got their winner right in my eyes. Shayna should do it. Um, you could see her run, build a little bit on Raw already after. So that was the positive. But Cleve, outside of Shayna winning, that was dog ass for me. Uh, I'm going to go a different route. It's really, I mean, like I said, like Joe mentioned, me and Tones are really souvenir shopping because I think we I think we said this before we even went there that honestly that was going to be a bathroom break match. And fans, for the people that wasn't there, you should That was my it. bathroom break match. You should have saw Yours it. was Logan Paul versus Ricochet, which was oh. terrible. Yeah, oh, that was awful too. But again, fans, you guys should have saw the concession stand line during that uh, Rhea, I mean, the Shayna and Ronda match. That should just tell you enough about how awful that match was. But I'm going a different route here, Joe. 
I'm calling out the fans of Detroit. I'm sorry. I don't want anyone to hate me or this and that, but the fans of Detroit, which is absolutely horrible, it was so many times throughout the pay-per-view where they, it was just a few good matches here and there, and all you'll just see is no no like no energy from the crowd or nothing. Like I know me and Tones had a little you know debate about it back and forth, and I, I even went on Bleach Report and I saw it. A lot of people said the Detroit crowd just absolutely sucked. Like these guys had a WrestleMania. I can't remember the last time they actually had a big pay-per-view like this. These guys just sat on their their hands the whole match. Like it was just it was just horrible. Like I don't know, maybe it's because I'm so maybe because we're spoiled because we from you know we go to Chicago. When they come to Chicago, you know we're always more alive and more amped for it. Even you know a horrible match, it gets a reaction or something. But dude, the Detroit crowd was just dead, just like all their other teams out there in Detroit. Just uh, ooh, <laughs> sticking it to them. I'm sorry, man, but that just really irked me that the fan like some of these matches were really good. That triple threat women's match was good, and it just felt like it was a shit match because the fans gave no reaction whatsoever in that match. Besides when Bianca with that bull crap injury, shame on them for pulling that crap. Just that. Yeah, Sorry. and maybe you know, maybe in this state, you know, we were in the 200 level, which their 200 level is uh, higher up than most because they only go three levels deep. Uh, for example, the Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, right? Ten a lot of Colts game. They go six actually sections deep. So that was interesting. The seats were comfortable, but I, I couldn't tell if it was just because we were a little further or not. Um, but yes, I you know I, I still have not watched um, it back through on Peacock. So if I do that, uh, maybe you can catch a little bit difference with the hundred level people and the people on the floor. But uh, I kind of agree with that statement. I think there were parts where they were really good, and I think I think they were really good during the entrances. Uh, it was more of the matches that they felt a little bit dead. Uh, yeah, the the Bianca injury that's a good one too. Um, crap, that we were just talking about. We have so many real injuries, we don't need the fake ones. I mean, between both sets of tag team championships, now Roman a little banged up. There is too too many injuries to go around. Um, but that's a negative negativity will kick out of the way. And, you know, like to get that out of the way first, because we always want to end on a high note here. Um, and speaking of before we get to our favorite moment, my other little tip I will say is that I was one comeback or one Hall of Fame return, whether, you know, you give us Orton, Wyatt, uh, Undertaker, Cena, uh, the rock, any of those, I wouldn't mind any cameo with any of them. Uh, that was my other words. Like mm, at SummerSlam, it's, it's not like, I mean, I know you brought the new back, the new day back during raw, but uh, it's not like they were gone for years. So that was a little disappointing as well. Cleve, before we move on to all the good stuff to get back to your Bianca point, I am glad that EO, me and you were cheering. It's funny because a lot of people, uh, or is it me and Tones or me and you? But me and somebody were cheering our asses off when EO got the, I think it was me and you. Yeah, that's right. As you shake your head. Uh, and a, a lot of people were booing. We're like, Bianca winning. And then EO Sky kind of uh, saved the day with Miss uh, Bailey there. Oh, I agree. Don't get me wrong, fans. I like Bianca Belair. I'm actually a very huge fan of Bianca Belair. I was more pissed off the fact that 
again, Asuka got screwed over again where she loses the title after two months. It's like, Jesus, she might as well just throw Asuka in a feud with Nikki Ash or something. I thought Asuka had it. She did. She spit the miss in Charlotte's face. You know, Bianca's got this banged up knee. She's in the figure eight. And Bianca just rolls her up. And it was just like, oh, I, I, I didn't have a voice at the time, fans, because I was just yelling so much. But I was, I, that was probably the most pissed off I've ever been at a, at a sporting event in general. I've been to quite a few. But that just really pissed me off in that. Bianca, uh, Oscar was screwed again. And then when EO Sky came out for the cash in, that sort of made me feel a lot better. Because like I said, I love Bianca Belair, but she was champion for a long, long time. It's time for a fresh new face. And it was cool to see damage control a year, a year later in the ring celebrating together. And I remember when they first debuted, it was a lot of questions, you know, who is EO Sky and Dakota Kai? Who are these two? We know Bailey, but who are these two newcomers? And I think that they they fell on the wayside a bit. I think they did. Yeah, because it's a one-year anniversary. Yeah. That, you know, that was. Yeah, at SummerSlam. And I think they damage to try. I think it was, I give it a five out of ten. But I, it was just cool to see that EO Sky, after the reaction she had in Backlash in Puerto Rico, becoming the new, isn't the SmackDown women's. Because it was weird, Joe. I don't know if you caught that either. But they didn't they didn't classify the belt as a SmackDown women's uh women's champion they just said the women's heavyweight belt so i don't don't know i was kind of weird out about that a bit like i don't know if they're eventually just gonna go call them that instead of by the brand name but it was cool to see eo definitely cash in and win seeing a cash in in person in general it's just a really cool moment especially when it's a successful one and we get to see bailey yeah and that was my second um seeing cash in alexa bliss did it at a money in the bank a few years back. Those are always great to see. Um, I liked Alexa's better, but I love the EO Sky start. You could have her, you know, eventually battle with Bailey. You could have Dakota Kai come back. You could have her battle with Oscar. There's so many routes um, that you can go. Cause to me, you should keep Bianca and Charlotte going. And if they're both not taking a break, you can keep them going that route. Uh, and not have them in the title picture and focus on these newer up and comers like EO Sky. Uh, you know, even Raquel Rodriguez, who I thought did a good job on Raw, she's going to have an opportunity. Uh, there's also, you know, like we said, Dakota Kai injury, Liv Morgan injury. There's so many dang things going on that they have a lot to figure out. That's where the creative gets the most bang for their buck and the most kudos. Uh, Cleve, though. Enough of that crap. We talked some positivity. Let's talk some more. Give me your favorite moment of the pay-per-view. To be honest, seeing LA Knight in person, man, the LA Knight train is for real. I mean, yeah, let me talk to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. After a while, you know, some of the fans were overdoing it, but LA Knight's the man. I don't think there's any denying the crowd reaction that he gets. It's for the simple fact that he was one of the few guys in the battle royal that actually got an entrance. Theory didn't get one. I was a little down about that, but the um, LA Knight got one, and then when he won, I mean, you, you thought he won the title or something, how the crowd just went crazy. I just wish they gave him a live mic afterwards and he could have said some words, but 
definitely LA Knight winning um, was. I'll know, tell you what, though, he didn't have to say any words after Monday night. That was one of the. Uh, I could say it was a, probably a top three promo battle I've ever seen in wrestling. Uh, for uh, l- let me let me rephrase that a little bit. A top three for the first time, them both going at it like that. Um, hell of a job by the Miz. Hell of a job by LA Knight. I know we're on SummerSlam, but let me talk to you. He really talked uh, and walked it for his promo with the Miz. Oh, I definitely agree. You got the Miz is arguably one of the best. One of the greatest talkers on the mic in the past 10 years, 20 years or so. The Miz can sell a match like anything. LA Knight is great on the mic too, so you got these two great mic workers, two guys that are good in the ring. That feud is going to be phenomenal, and eventually LA Knight's going to be wearing the title belt before the year is out. But my last point, my last favorite moment, was seeing the Tribal Chief in person. Me and you had our ones up. Our section was actually pretty Pretty funny to see. It was one guy in a white shirt, Roman. This guy was a Roman head for real. This guy was just go Roman, go Roman. It was just really cool. I didn't see Roman the last two times I've been to a wrestling show. So really, really cool to see Roman Reigns actual actually uh, wrestle and stuff. And I thought it was an A for the storytelling. A lot, a lot of people think Roman matches are dull, but it's just like Triple H matches back in the day. Triple H matches were boring, but it told a story. It was it was just more than wrestling, and that's what Roman's matches are. There's more than just wrestling. There's a story being told every time the Tribal Chief steps in the ring. Yeah, and hard to argue with any of that uh, good stuff you mentioned there. You know, the whole spectacle for me is going to get a good grade overall. When it comes down to what I like most, you know me. I'm an entrance guy. I, when you can get Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes in the same uh, match, that's phenomenal. But when you can get both their entrances, it's even better. And then, Cleve, that way that ended where Brock Lesnar kind of took it off script and, you know, kind of saying, "Touche, you got over the hump here. Uh, you battled me toe to toe." What that tells me, you know, a lot of people are talking about from the Lesnar side, but from the Cody side, that tells me in Lesnar's head, he's like, you know what? Cody, you've gained my respect. Maybe, maybe it wasn't low before uh, when you know the rivalry started right after the Raw and WrestleMania, but gain respect happened a lot. And Cody Rhodes proved, you know, hey, I might not be in the championship picture, but his resume is damn good. Four and zero against Rollins, he's uh, taken out Brock Lesnar two out of three. He didn't loot. He didn't beat Roman, but he had a damn good battle. And now that will just keep going. I. I did think it was interesting how they set it up on Raw, and we're, we'll talk about the future more next week because the injuries need to settle in and stuff. But they gave a clear path for Rollins, which was awesome, but they didn't really give a clear path yet for Cody. So I'm kind of intrigued to see uh, where he might end up in his next rivalry. So Cody Brock takes the cake. One more moment. Seeing LA Knight's uh, entrance – yeah, I did get his uh, shirt after we stood in that long. It's boy, don't don't go too early, folks. If you're one that likes to go early, go like a few hours early so you could just get the front of the line. Because if you try to go like a half hour, hour before gates open to a SummerSlam in Detroit, uh, it's not going to be easy. Not even. I went to two WrestleManias. They weren't even that hard, but one of them was co- after COVID, so Tampa Bay was half capacity. 
And then the one in New York, we showed up a little bit after the gates opened. So that'd be my recommendation. I'd show up, you know, if the gates open, let's say at five o'clock, go five fifteen, let that crowd leak in a little bit, get a little nice flow going. Uh, getting back to it, though, the other thing I did want to mention, Mr. Cleave, is, um, I, you know, Roman Reigns, I have no issues with that, Jimmy coming back. It's interesting they didn't follow the full tribal combat rules. We can get to that in a minute. Uh, I just want to say it was a cool moment for Logan Paul and Jake Paul. They both got a win, regardless of how both of their matches went, whether you thought there were some botches and the wrestling match or um, Jake Paul since he didn't get the knockout, but both men won. Logan was able to fly over to see him after that match. So Paul's won money in the weekend and both their matches. So you got to give kudos where it is due on that one for sure. Cleve though, let's talk about the tribal combat rules because in the original rules, they said no interference is allowed until the match is over. We got a Jimmy, and a solo interference pretty early. Now, a lot of people point to Roman's injury happening early in the match when Jay jumped out of the ring and hit him and it's kind of his back, stomach area, rib he was holding. And Cleve, wrapping up the bow on this to get your thoughts, um, you know, Roman matches are usually slow. This one maybe was a little slower even for that reason, number one. But number two, maybe they had to change things on the fly because if he was really injured, you know, you, you got to bring in other things to make the match go on. I remember, uh, what was it? Was it WrestleMania when Shane McMahon comes out, blows his leg, and then Snoop Dogg has to take over? So that's what's impressive about these stars is the impro improvising they got to do. And that could have played a factor. What are your thoughts? I agree. I mean, this happened in the past where a guy gets hurt mid-match and, you know, adjustments have to be made. I wonder when this, I wonder what the injury, the only spot I could really think of was that that Samoan drop over the top rope. I thought that was really a interesting spot to see, especially for Roman. You know, Roman's one of the company's top guys, money makers, so for him to put his body on the line like that just says a lot of what he thinks about his cousin Jay, but I think that's just really what happened. He probably got an injured mid-match. We know the referee has a way of communicating with the guys. You know, when they go check on them, you know, they go over there real quick, do a count, and as they whisper words to him. So maybe Roman got hurt mid-match and something changed up or whatnot. Because they even said that they don't plan on taking that, regardless of injury or not. That belt is not coming off for a long time still. Oh, they had Roman, no thought of Jay winning. Yeah, well, unless Roman's injury is so severe where it's like, you know, he's out six months, then I think you would have to take the belt just because having a ch your champion sitting on the sidelines for six months would just devalue the belt and make people forget about it, you know what I mean? But if it's something like a minor where we got two pay-per-views coming up, um, Payback and Fastlane. Yep. Which, you know, let's be honest, fans, those pay-per-views are eh. They're not really the big pay-per-views. They're more of a filler, but we know Roman's not going to be there. So I'm fine. I'm perfectly fine with that. But hopefully Roman has a speed recovery. But at the, but the best part is, right, with him out, right, we have a new big storyline on SmackDown. That is the Uso twins 
going to war where Jimmy calls Jay. I think that was a real shocker. I think that pissed a lot of people off in the crowd, even people at home watching. My grandma was not happy about that whatsoever. So I think that was a great way to sort of spin the storyline and keep the bloodline going. They got to be in like the sixth inning now. The ninth inning has to be. No, he Paul Heyman said bottom of the third. Oh, bottom of the third. So we got a long way to go here. Because how I look at this is, I, you know what? It, it was kind of, it was a surprising moment, but I don't think a bad one because there, there's kudos, to, not kudos, there's reasons to why Jimmy could be mad at Jay. Number one, Jay's always gotten the Roman opportunities. Um, number two, you know, Jimmy go has to go away a little bit. And then, yeah, Jay is saying he has his back, but it propels him to the main scene. So how does J- Jimmy ever forget his main scene if it's always right-hand man Jay or Jay's, you know, th- th- fighting for the tribal chief. Roman said he's the next one in line, whether he means it or not. Jimmy's fr- probably uh, feeling very jealous by all this. And I think the story makes sense to where you don't have – we don't have to rush them to fighting. You could wait a while to have them to fight, but you could have the animosity and drama build up. And really, if you wanted to, um, maybe I wouldn't do it at payback, maybe at fast lane, but they could add, headli- they could easily headline cleave a pay-per-view. Uh, one of the smaller ones to me, whether it be payback fast lane or any of those. Oh, I definitely agree. This is, I remember when I was young, and this happened quite a few times when Christian turned on Edge because he was jealous. He was jealous of Edge moving up, and people were sort of forgetting about Christian. Same thing with Matt Hardy when he screwed Jeff Hardy out of the WWE Champion against Randy Orton at the Royal Rumble. I mean, Jay argument it makes a valid point. When Jay was off the scene, I mean, Jimmy was off the scene. Jay kind of became main event. Jay. There's always been the whispers that Jay was a better wrestler than Jimmy. I mean, it's all the reason more to uh, fuel a heel turn for Jimmy. Was like, hey, I'm tired of waiting in the shadows of my brother. I'm tired of people looking at me as just the other. So I want to. Pe- I want people to recognize that I could be a single star too. And I want to point another thing out too, Joe, is that we might have another wrinkle on the bloodline. Roman speared Sokoa, and Sokoa sort of looked at Roman and gave Roman a. A look in a way basically and that's another guy where eventually i think sokoa is gonna eventually step away from roman so we get we get one back but we possibly have a guy like sokoa that's in the middle at the moment like i said this is the best i'm telling you the bloodline storylines they've been doing for these past few years have just been really really great work it's i mean you got the haters that are tired of it whatever these same fans that are tired of everything. And you got the real fans that understand long-term storyline that whoever does finally beat Roman will be the biggest star in all of wrestling. And I hope it's Cody Rhodes, but we will talk about that another time. Cleve, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, Gunther's win, not surprising. Seth Rollins win, not surprising, but it was definitely split where the people thought it would go. Um, was that Finn Balor's last chance to have that title, you think? I think for right now, I'm not going to lie. Oh, that was – I thought Finn had it. I really, really thought it was going to be Finn's night. Um, crazy to think that 
I mean, you you can make an argument that Damian Priest screwed Finn Balor again. He slides the briefcase in, slides the briefcase in. You know, he distracts the ref, and then the moment Seth hits his finisher, he drops down off the apron and allows Finn Balor to get pinned. So we're definitely going to have some issues within the blood uh, within Judgment Day. I know another guy showed up. The entire payback poster was Judgment Day. Did you see that that I sent you? I saw it, but I didn't. I didn't really pay attention to the poster. I sort of saw that it was taking place in Pittsburgh, but that might be. That it's might be, all of Judgment Day on it. Yeah, we might see a Finn versus Damien for the briefcase, because I feel like the briefcase has been sort of just been the issue with the Judgment Day. You know what I mean? Like ever since Damien was wanted, it's sort of been causing a, a, a issue between the two top guys, which is Finn and Damien. So. Maybe we'll get something that happened at a payback where the briefcase is online or something. But watch out for the Judgment Day. I think they are the second hottest thing in wrestling. I said last week they were number one, but after what the Bloodline did at SummerSlam, they're back at number one. Judgment Day is definitely number two hottest faction in arguably all of wrestling at the moment. No doubt about it. Cleve, let's do this before we give our letter grades and talk a little bit about what happened on the Raw right after. Drew McIntyre, you know, he loses, he lost in a triple threat to Gunther for the title. Now one-on-one. Does he fade into the distance or will he get another shot at payback? Because help me refresh my memory. Was there anything dirty about Gunther's win? I, uh, I didn't, I didn't see much of that either. Because I remember on Logan Paul's, his buddy gave him a ring. I remember obviously the Roman help, but I, don't think anything was shady. I, I can't remember if any of Gunther's crew did anything, but I don't believe. I think it was a clean victory, but I, I think Drew gets one more chance. Um, no, actually, I don't. I think maybe later on down the road, but I think with Chad Gable just winning yesterday, that fatal four-way, another guy that's been slowly climbing up the ranks, I think Chad Gable will be the next guy to challenge Drew McIntyre. I mean, um, Gunther and Walter, whatever you want to call him. And I think Chad Gable's going to be the guy that takes the IC belt. Thank oh, you. That was so cool how it was in his hometown. Um, that's why I was kind of surprised Lesnar uh, didn't make an appearance just because mm-hmm. it was in Minnesota. But it sounds like he'll be off for a while. Um, it sounds like after this Friday, Roman will be off after a while. So, you know, like I said, creative – Going to have to get real creative with all these injuries and people taking some time off. Even Logan Paul has a little injury and going to boxing for a little bit. So there is people out left and right. Sonia Deville, she made a comment. She tore ACL. So as I mentioned earlier, the women's tag titles are up for it. Just a bloody mess, Cleve. Uh, Cleve, anything else on SummerSlam in its entirety before we give our letter grades? Nah, I just, I mean, yeah. Oh, well, off, I just quick thing on the Brock and Cody thing. I thought you mentioned at the top of the show, I really didn't get my comments on it. I thought it was really cool to see Brock go off script and raise Cody's hand. We know that Brock Lesnar is one of the biggest stars in all of WWE, even in history. And the fact is that Cody went over clean, not once, but twice over Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar basically endorsed Cody Rhodes as the new face of wrestling. It's just a really cool moment to see. It's kind of sad, bittersweet in a way, because we know Brock Lesnar days are coming to an end, and 
you know, when you see moments like that, you just wonder, will this be the last time we see Brock walk through the curtains as a wrestler or whatnot? But if it is, and him putting Cody Rhodes over on the way out, I think it's just really, really cool to see. I know a lot of people thought Brock was selfish and this and that, but going putting Cody. Who did Cody Brock up, replace in the uh, SummerSlam last year? Because I, you know, he always he's been stepping up a lot lately with help. Who was this? Was this supposed to be Drew Riddle or and I can't remember who was supposed to be versus Roman at last year's SummerSlam, but Brock was not supposed to get that fight because how much they fought in the past at Mania and stuff. Like I think it might have been Orton slash Riddle in that combination. I can't recall. Maybe Drew McIntyre, but he was not the person who was supposed to fight that tractor match where he put Roman up in the ring. That was not supposed to be him. I don't think so either, but I thought that was a really cool moment to see something like that too. Where, um, oh, dude, it's so crazy. We forget about how a year ago that last man standing match was, but yeah, every time Brock shows up, you know, it's going to be a hell of a match with whoever he's in the ring with. Absolutely. And, you know, he really he used a lot of his uh suplexes, but at five, not as much. And then he does the little, uh, Eddie Guerrero used to use it a lot. He doesn't do the three amigos, but similar type concept with the move. So, you know, he's even expanded his horizons and what he does. Uh, for people that would like to know, the longest match was the main event, Roman versus Jay at 36 minutes. The shortest match, uh, not counting Eosky's eight-second cash, and of course, was the MMA brutal bathroom break match of seven and a half minutes. If it's Ronda's last, adios, no Hall of Fame from me. Although I did see Mick Foley say there would be no woman's main event uh, without Ronda when it was Becky, Charlotte, and her. That's debatable, in my opinion. But I did like her early on. It just unfortunately been a failed ending a little bit, I might say. Um, next matches, Logan Paul, Ricochet, 18 minutes. Cody and Lesnar, 17.35. Gunther, Drew, 13 minutes, 40 seconds. A little surprised by that. Uh, Seth versus Finn, 18.30, the triple woman's threat match for, with Asuka, Charlotte, Bianca, 20 minutes, 45 seconds, and there you have it. I'm going to go first, give my letter grade for this match. Cleve, I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm not going A or A minus for a couple of reasons. Um, my, you know, besides the Jimmy turn, uh, the wow factors weren't as there as often as I thought. Um, I also didn't um, fully like how on the video boards, they didn't show them walking down the entrances. They just showed the their like name and their uh, you know background. So it, there was a ton of good wrestling. I never really was bored outside the MMA match when you know we were just making comedy in her section. But overall, good event. I just can't call a great event because I did expect a little bit more of those shocks and wows. Um, we did get a cash in, but we always kind of felt like Sky was going to be successful at some point. And uh, like I said, we didn't get any returns at all. So I'm going B plus, very solid grade. Um, appreciate everybody that contributed to that show. I just can't quite go in A. How about yourself? I'll go B plus, which one is not even more for the show. You guys know what my issue is more how dead the crowd was, really. I just feel that I've always preached that the fans play a big part 
into a wrestling show where they could. Well, turn. they probably made you know the ownership probably made them fall asleep a little bit without no damn pre-show match. Well, that's all. Well, blame Detroit too. They should have, uh, dude. The oh, we forgot fans. The show started at eight o'clock in Detroit. Just imagine being there from five thirty to eight o'clock and no matches or anything like that. That was definitely awful. I will give you, but yeah, I just got a B plus for it just because I felt you know fans were dead. Um, some of the matches, I mean, I thought it was a couple. The Logan Paul Ricochet match, I know it was it was a sloppy to me. I'm not even gonna lie here. Ricochet. It wasn't gonna, a snoozer. I'll say it, it was. Little, it was. It was a little sloppy, but yeah. it wasn't a snoozer. My biggest thing from that match I took away is as great as Ricochet is, he's not the guy that can carry someone that's not too experienced in the ring. I know Logan Paul, you know, a lot of people think he's great in the ring. When I, he's still a rookie, so he still has his learning curves. But I don't think Ricochet is that guy where you can say, all right, you can carry this match. I think we saw that with Ricochet and Logan Paul. So I, I kind of knocked that, and then that Shayna Ronda – I didn't even need to watch. I just hear it, the crowd reaction as I'm standing in the concession stand line of how dull that match was. And Bianca beating Oscar was just a horrible decision, just terrible. So, yeah, I give it a B plus. But didn't just, did Bianca, um, she pinned Charlotte, correct? No, she pinned Oscar. Oscar was pinned. Oh, That's yeah. why I made it even worse for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit uh, tipsy. We have through six hours of drinking before. The- <laughs> Um, a little bit of news and notes. The Endeavor, as everyone saw, there's new broadcast teams that was brought on a little bit by Creative and Endeavor, who's now going to be in full control coming up in September. So there will be more changes to WWE. Um, maybe nothing major, but in terms of the way they do some business and operations, look for that to be seen. We already see now Michael Cole on both shows. Uh, on Raw, if you missed it, it's Michael Cole and Wade Barrett. And then on Fridays, it's the three-man group of Kevin Patrick, Corey Graves, and Michael Cole. Kudos to Michael Cole, because to me, currently at the moment, number one GOAT in the wrestling announcing industry. That is without a doubt in my mind. Uh, Cleve, though, we have to talk about the big news on Monday Night Raw. Uh, you mentioned Chad Gable's big moment. That was a top three moment for me. We talked a little bit about LA Knight and the Miz promo. But the one that triumphed at all, and I thought it was very well done by creative, was having Shinsuke join Seth and Cody. And then after they win the triple threat match against Judgment Day at the end of the night, rings clearing out, and Shinsuke takes it out on Seth Rollins. I like it for a few reasons. Shinsuke, his, they've been building him back up again slowly. Um, I think that his he's good at being a face and a heel. So it doesn't really matter to me which way you put him there. I think he can succeed either way. And to see, you know, we know, well, we don't know what Seth Rollins can do. We're not going to talk about where it goes. Cleve, though, what's your thoughts on Shinsuke? Because I could keep talking pros on it for myself. I like it. Shinsuke is very, it feels that ever since that, you know, when he faced AJ Styles all those years ago, Shinsuke never really got his opportunity to challenge for a big belt. Um, we're sort of in the slow months of May, WWE at the moment because we're a couple, two months away from Survivor Series. So why not let Shinsuke get this opportunity? Him and Bronson Reed have been putting on phenomenal matches. They're really pushing Shinsuke, booking him correctly as they should have been. 
from a long time ago. But I like this view, two different styles. Shinsuke is more of a striker type, and then you got Seth Rollins, who's more of, eh, I would call Seth a little bit of a high flyer type. You know, he does go off the top rope a lot more. So two different styles, but I definitely think that they would put on a phenomenal match. I was arguing with some idiot in Bleacher Report because he guessed I'm not interested in the match. It's like, my guy, you didn't even let the match build up. You didn't let anything happen. You just you just want Cody and, and Seth part four. We don't want that yet. Save that for another time. Hell no. Let other guys get a chance like Shinsuke and see, you know, even if Shinsuke lose, right, we can still see that Shinsuke is possibly ready for that upper tier type middle card or lower, you know, upper card, whatever, somewhere where he's in a respectable place. So I, I love this view for Shinsuke and I like it for Seth because he's still got the judgment day lurking behind him everywhere he goes. Yeah, and like I said, that payback poster was all judgment day, so we're going to get a lot of them. As we have on NXT, they had their highest viewership. Kudos to them uh, since 2021 where – Dominic won the title again. Rey Mysterio was there in support of his opponent, but it did not work out. Um, Cleve, this Friday SmackDown, what is something you're looking? Is it what they do with the United States title in theory? Is it what they maybe talk about tag team women's title wise? Is it what they talk about with EO Sky or the Bloodline? Where? Where are you going uh, in terms of what you would are most intrigued to see? Because I have a feeling if I had to guess, I know you were a little disappointed with Theory not being on the SummerSlam card. Um, maybe that's where your head's at. Dude, I really – I don't know what happened with the push with Theory. Or just, it seems like Theory just been disappearing. He's not – he doesn't seem as important as he was. That's just, it's a damn shame. He's been a good in the United States champion. He's been putting on good matches. I think it's time to build Austin Theory back up. I think he's probably one of the – they ranked him what? I think he made the top 10 best young wrestlers under 25, which is an interesting list because a lot of guys in the WWE made that. They didn't want to throw shade in other companies. But it's a reason that, you know, he made that list. So hopefully the writers or somebody realize that Austin Theory is great on the mic He's great in the ring. He has all the potential to be one of the top heels in this company. Start pushing him, giving him matches each week. I don't give a damn if he does an open United States champion challenge. Give Austin Theory matches and let him reconnect with the fans because him coming out to her entrance, him coming out to SummerSlam with the rest of them other guys without an entrance as the United States champion was just really a slap in the face to Austin Theory. Yeah, I you know, I do hope I like the open uh challenge idea where you have him win his open challenge for a while and then you uh, have a big name take it over. Uh he did have that Santos Escobar match on the Friday SmackDown before, but kind of like when they left the US title off of WrestleMania 38 and the Intercontinental title, it makes you think what direction sometimes they always want to go. I get it. You can't have them all on there, but they definitely uh, could have made time for that matches. Again, you could have moved any match to the pre-show and then had that title match be on. So that's kind of how I see it. Overall, great time. The trip itself was an A+. Like I said, we did it right. We're going to be looking to do it again. Uh, what, what event, we don't know, but 
Tones and I are doing Fast Lane. Cleve might be doing Survivor Series with his brother. Uh, and then we're, we'll be talking definitely a lot more things in the future. As at the end of this month, we got a preview. Uh, not even the end of this month, I believe, Cleve, as I look it up. what do you, I want any of your last closing out comments from Raw or SummerSlam or anything in general on the trip. I'm trying to see when the AEW in is. Go ahead. And I was, it was just a great time. Oh, August 27th. Go ahead. Oh, so that's not that bad. But, yeah, fans' trip was great. Detroit was nice. Um, just a really cool atmosphere. Uh, just really seeing all of the different type of wrestling fans. You saw some that are – you saw some different ones and you saw some other ones. But it was just really cool. We saw a few guys with five belts, which is very unnecessary to me. Come on, fans. <laughs> just something to say. You don't need five belts. All right. I the know. most shirt by far was L.A. Knight. Oh, LA, the L.A. Knight train is serious. I know Tone calls him a fab, but come on, man. We saw so many L.A. Knights, so many yeah, chance to let me talk to you, courtesy of Mr. Joe right here, who was starting the majority of them. But let me I, talk to you. I just want to say this to fans. If you got belts, that's cool. But don't bring five belts to a wrestling show. Don't even bring three. Two, I feel is okay. Three, all right, whatever. But five belts, you're just overdoing it. Like, come on, my guy. <laughs> It's like three guys with five belts. It's like, come on, I'm a wrestling nerd too, but five belts? Get that guy out of here. Yeah, be better than that. No doubt about it. <laughs> um, man, we had interesting, man, we met so many interesting people. Rather, it was the guy calling everything sitting next to Tones, uh, the guy, the couple we met before who the lady got his guy onto the wrestling. That's always awesome to see when the woman do that. But, um, yeah, again, I think it was the most L.A. night. There was a lot of Roman and Cena gear as well. Um, Cleve, one thing I know we both love, the Jay Uso chants with his theme song where the crowd was going crazy with their hands. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. that was unbelievable. Uh, City of Detroit, thank you for hosting. We really appreciate it. And thank you to everybody at Cleve and me. And before we get out of here, one last Match no thought by Cleveland. My final thought I've been called out officially, fans. You know what's around the corner? It's the NFL season, and Byron Chapman has called me out. Me and his team, the Giants and Cowboys, open week one. So I just want to let Myron know when he hears this, I'm ready for you. And that's all Cleve has to say for the night, fans. Hey. Thank you, Cleveland, because you ate like a third grader on the trip. So <laughs> I, had, I had to get that statement in. Uh, as we went to a great steakhouse that uh, Cleveland probably would give a negative five out of five stars. Right, Cleve? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was about a four. It was okay. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. A four out of five. It unless that scales. With buns, you know what I mean? But yeah. The hamburglar took your bun. But anyways, <laughs> for that being Cleve, this is me. God bless. Good night. <laughs> And we look to bring you a lot more entertainment to the next SummerSlam. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>